everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood Deadly Diva, aka Chakra Khan, aka Gundam Wingliner, aka Code Lyoko Ono, and welcome to Outlaw Bars, where we talk about everything great and not so great in the world of anime. And as always, I have with me... Hey everyone, it's Chopay, Trevor Belmont's baby mother. How are ya? Hey everyone, it's Tam, queen of the Libras, because it's Libra season. Whatever. Call me when March, the end of March gets here. Why? Is that when hell freezes over? No bitch. Ooh, spicy. No bitch. That's spicy. when airy season comes upon you Both. and shows you the full glory of the zodiac. Same difference. That's not really goddamn. Why? Why so much Aries? I like Aries. I'm an Aries rising. Thank you. I'm also an Aries rising, and I'm very annoying. Listen, that's you. Okay. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Because okay. I am lovable and cuddly, and people think I'm great. Excuse me. I said what I said. Okay. You are great. I don't know about cuddly. You'll see. You'll see when you see me at the at the thing where we'll be seeing each other. You'll see. At the place. At the place. <laughs> At the time with the people. Please be advised that the following interview contains mature content. In addition, portions of the audio will be distorted. We apologize for any inconvenience. Alrighty, so today we are going to attempt to tackle a topic that is often referenced in popular culture but is not really understood, and that topic would be BDSM. So for those not in the know, BDSM is a variety of sometimes erotic practices or role-playing involving bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission, um, sadomasochism, and other related kind of interpersonal dynamics. Now, given the wide range of practices that are that kind of fall under this umbrella, a lot of people may be engaged in BDSM activities, even though they may not consider themselves part of the BDSM community. And to kind of go into this deeper, we have a special guest today, and Tam is going to tell you who we have. Hey, guys. So I'm so excited to have this person on the show, not only because she is my special friend, and not special friend in that way because y'all are nasty, but a really a really good friend of mine, and um, she has so much knowledge about, like, just lots of things, and she loves talking, and she also is just an amazing person. So I would like to welcome um, my wonderful friend Rosa on the show. So Rosa, tell the people who you are. Apparently, I'm your special friend. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> but not in that way. God. Um, okay, I'm Rosa. I live in Western Japan. I've been here for almost two years. Um, I really be living in a real life anime half the time because <laughs> I will reference things that happen in real life here and Tam will say something like, wait a minute, that was in this episode of so-and-so. And I'm like, sis, in real life, it's very annoying. It's not as funny. Um, <laughs> so that's who I am. Just a regular, degular, schmegula black girl from Kingston, Jamaica. Boop, 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 boop. Living in that's me, yeah. Just you know, trying to live my regular life in friggin' anime land. <laughs> 
So because we know some of y'all don't read and don't like to read, we're going to give you a few definitions and some explanation before we get deep into the conversation. That way you can't say we didn't tell you. So um, one of the fundamental principles in the exercise of BDSM requires informed and enthusiastic consent of all parties involved. Some people have adopted the motto of safe, sane, and consensual, which means that everything is based on safe activities, as safe as one can be when engaging in sexually, um, in sexual activities. Um, all parties need to be of sufficiently sound and sane mind to consent and that all parties involved do consent. Um, it is the mutual consent that makes, um, that makes it um, legal and ethical as opposed to think as opposed to making the, the activities more of a sexual assault or domestic violence nature. And now when we get into physical, not physical, Lord, fictional portrayals of people in BDSM, it usually falls into a few categories, which we're going to talk about more in depth, where you have bondage is bad, where the kink is kind of portrayed as um, deviance or moral depravity. Or there's another trope where you have brains in bondage, where you have intelligent, the educated people um, depicted as kinky um, in their private lives. And as BDSM and these kink-related activities become more accepted, you see more of the casual kink where someone's interest in BDSM is acknowledged, but not kind of overarching of their total character. Um, So we're just going to talk about a few examples of it, um, where it works where it doesn't, um, in different, different areas of the spectrum. Um, and as I'm like, I will say, um, as a disclaimer, I am not a member of the community. So, um, I hope not to offend or disregard and minimize anybody's experiences. I am speaking with as much respect and as knowledge as I have at the current time. So who wants to start? You already know. My favorite example, <laughs> you already know my favorite example is Helsing. And all you mean, yes, I am Alucard's baby mother, and that is Bay, but that show um, was so littered with, and not littered in a bad way, but there was so much um, master and kind of, I don't want to say slave, but master and sub relationships, servant, servant relationships within the, um, the show, um, especially, and it was like, it was multi-leveled, right? Because you had Alucard and Sarah's and Sarah's constantly referred to Alucard as her master. And especially it was interesting to see their relationship evolve throughout the show because initially Sarah's is like, you know, she wasn't a willing she wasn't made into a vampire willingly. He kind of like just, Alucard just kind of decided to save her because he felt she was interesting. Um, And throughout the show, she kind of admires him and, you know, looks up to him and is just constantly referring to him as my master, my master. And then you have the relationship between Alucard and our girl, um, Miss Helsing herself. And that was, uh, and that was another master servant relationship and a lot of it was done out of like they all greatly respected each other and even sarah's and um what is helsing's first name what's her first name i'm sorry it's like escaping me right now integra yes thank you even sarah's and integra had a dominant and submissive relationship um especially i mean there was a little sexual you know innuendo in that scene where Sarah doesn't want to drink blood because she doesn't want to give up that last part of her humanity that she's holding on to so dearly. But 
Um, and Tara was like, girl, you need to feed. Like, you need to feed. My my blood is super pure because I'm a virgin. Um, you need to feed. And then, like, that, that one scene with the blood and the tongue. And also, it is so interesting because um, in another sense, like, blood is very binding like blood in like just a general sense in shows and if you look if you're into like mysticism and stuff like that blood is a very binding force so it's kind of like yes feed but i'm also binding you to me um from you like feeding off of my my blood so that also was really interesting and to me and i thought it was really well done like if someone is who's in the lifestyle like to me that was i felt like it was really well done it wasn't like salacious or like um, tacky or like it wasn't picked fun at. I just thought that it was just really well done and really just like kind of, it was serious. Like there were, you know, there were funny bits in the show and the the show was dark in, its, in and of itself, but I just thought it was like really well done. Like how they kind of managed those like multi layers of um, DS relationships and DS is like dominant submissive relationships um, between the characters in the show. Okay. Can I jump in? Sorry. <laughs> um, the Japanese, one of the, there are many different Japanese words for husband and there are many Japanese words for wife. And one of the Japanese words for husband is shujin, which also translates to master or owner. Um, so there's a kind of, I mean, it's, it's changed a little bit now since, you know, feminism, fuck yeah, feminism. And, you know, more westernized thinking has seeped into Japanese culture. However, there is this kind of, unspoken the man is the master he is the head of the household kind of vibe that goes on in marriages here though that kind of switches once you're inside the house because women um manage the money and stuff like that but the idea of the kanji for husband being master is like this long-running joke especially for those of us who are learning japanese it's like what, what why is this the same kanji why is this the exact same, like, owner? And even if you look at, like, how... When, when you get married in Japan, what happens is you get a family register and the man is placed at the head of the household and the wife is then attached as, like, almost a branch. So it's almost like they're recording the family tree, so to speak. And in the family register, the man is the owner and the children and wife are, therefore, his, like, property, which is wild but i just wanted to let you know that because you said she kept calling him master <laughs> she did like she kept calling him master and um alucard kept maybe she meant husband but like their relationship wasn't even on some husband and wife tip like that's the thing it was just like this is like my master this is like my kind of like my senpai this is like my mentor like he it was kind of like yo alucard is my everything like even when she thought he yeah no, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's that's how a lot of wives be thinking. Like, I mean, it's changed now where most women here are just obsessed with their children. Like, they're li like, I see mothers go above and beyond for their children, almost like slaves. Like, but there was a time when women were really, they were really vibing for their husbands like that out here, which is very interesting, an, an interesting dynamic to see. And you can see it in like older couples, if you see them out, like the woman will always like pour the tea for the man or pour his beer or pour the drink for him. Like they're sitting across from each other at like a restaurant and she's pouring this for him and she waits for him to start eating first. And it's just this weird 
kind of power exchange in public, but it's it's so ingrained into society here that people don't see it as like, ooh, is this kinky? What y'all doing? But <laughs> it's just seen as just daily life. And whatever is cooked inside that house is usually what the man wants to eat. Everybody else, you gonna get what's put on this the, the dinner table because that's what your dad wants to eat. I mean... It's just that whole power exchange that's kind of ingrained into um, Japanese culture, especially if like, and you're talking about how blood is binding here. There's a lot of binding in a very like metaphorical way in Japanese culture because Shin the Shinto religion, religion is very big here and there's a lot of tying involved, the tying of things. Even clothing here. Kimonos have no buttons. There's no belts. It's all tying of fabric to your body. Everything is a bond in some way. And Wait, kimonos have no buttons? There are no buttons. Everything is being tied to your body. The obi is being tied to your body. The fabrics are being tied to your body. It is tied to you. That's why it takes nearly an hour to put on, even longer if you're putting it on by yourself. See, this is why we need Tam to watch more historical stuff. I do. Want, no, I <laughs> Because if you watch Kenshin, well, you would have okay. known. Listen, first of all, I, I do watch Kenshin. I have just, again, we all know that my purpose here is that I start a lot of things and I do not finish them because of my life, all right? So I started Kenshin. Kenshin is very beautiful. Did I finish Kenshin? No. And you also know why? Because you are the residential Kenshin expert. Come on. You are all, you are all things Kenshin. Okay, well, I didn't know either, so put me down for that. You know... okay well you know one day i'm not gonna be here and somebody's gonna have a question about kenshin somebody needs to be able to answer the question about kenshin is all that i'm saying because that's why google and thank you google shout out to skynet thank you reddit wikipedia right thank you reddit thank you wikipedia thank you my anime list come on man there's there's so much stuff on the internet fine 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 there's not enough on the internet, though. There's a lot of th- like the kimono thing. I learned by, by being here. Like, I couldn't find anything about it online, but I learned from being here and watching my friends struggle to put on a kimono for like an hour and forty five minutes. I'm like, sis, you ain't done. She's like, no, I have to tie this down, and this has to be tied securely. And I'm like, god damn. And isn't the fabric very heavy? Isn't kimono fabric like very like? It is. So heavy and it's very hot. <laughs> like you, you be warm in that bitch. Is the clothing supposed to be punishing? It's. It, it sounds like the like just putting it on is a practice in itself. Like it takes damn near two hours and it's heavy as fuck. Like is that like is that on purpose? No, it's just based on when it was invented, and because Japanese society is so traditional and wants to stick to that kind of like rigidity that they're so used to. Because they're very structural minded. Like, this is how it is. This is how it always has been. Why would you want to change it? So there are modern kimono makers now. And I do know one. And the most she'll do is like wild prints. But instead of changing like the structure of the kimono and how it's put on, she's she's not, she ain't touching that. So there's a lot of instances where in Japanese culture, they're just random old ways of doing things like Japanese people love fax machines they still use fax machines you have to fax in important documents to like the government all the time I'm like I could email you this though or I could call you no please send your fax to zero nine zero what really it's just 
that's that's just how they roll. <laughs> I just, I mean, I like, I, I kind of am tickled by fax machines. I kind of like sending a fax because I just find it very entertaining for me that we are in 2017, <laughs> but we still do things like we're in like 1985, but whatever. That's just for my amusement. Bring me back the 1985 cost of living. Fuck this fax machine bullshit, okay? Like everyone wants to do the old school shit that doesn't matter, okay? Like, that's what I need. No, but it's like, it's always like weird stuff. Like, okay, so you'll see guys here who are doing like landscaping work. So they're like cutting hedges and they're wearing like regular overalls, but then they're wearing like tabby shoes. You know, the the, yeah. the socks with the one toe that like samurais used to wear. They still wear those shoes. <laughs> 2017 my guy out here the, the real overall got the, the casio watch on get that tubby like it has like rubber soles but i'm like that can't be comfortable it's fashion get into it what? okay <laughs> like what do you do like I, I need to start taking photos of this because it's like nobody believes me when i say these things it's like are you seriously wearing socks and shoes right now on a ladder literally fashion okay that's what it sounds like to me it's like he's like you know what we're gonna do outside work we're gonna do yard work but make it fashion hose i really can't i just <laughs> it's like you are not gonna fight your local shogun why are you wearing tabby socks with the wild overalls like everything else is modern and they always have the latest phones that's what makes it so funny you got the wild iphone 7 but you're wearing Edo era socks as shoes okay they just trying they just want to style on people um but also um the thing that i find also interesting especially because i just finished watching drifters is again like this level of like there is such a respect for like authority like people really be bowing to authority in um anime like even if they don't necessarily agree with someone's methods but like yo but he's our captain and like we really gotta just like bow and like follow what he says and it's just it's just so interesting that grinds my gears does it (laughs) they do it in real life and it grinds my gears i work in a japanese office it gets on my nerves nerves because it's like yo this dude has no idea what he's doing yeah but he's been with the company the longest and we have to do what he says but that makes no sense and that whole talking about incompetent people real life Real life incompetence, but, see, but is, you know. The thing is, people think that as a submissive that you don't question what, like, your dom or, like, your quote-unquote master says. And it's like, and it's like, no, you could question it. <laughs> it's just like, again, it's about, like, protocol and it's about, like, how you go about it. And it's not that people don't question it, but it's kind of like that person has the final say. That person has the final say and it's because ideally in an ideal world it's like you might not agree with it but like if the person has your best interest at heart like sometimes the decision has to be made for like the greater good it's not necessarily like what you feel at the moment and it's like well i'm making this decision because i feel like this is the best for our situation i feel like this is the best for the team um so yeah people think that like subs don't really question a decision that their dom makes and no, 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 no. That is not true, my friends. Do not be fooled. Do not let 50 grades of shade, 50 shades of whatever fool you because that is poor. That's a very poor example. And honestly, I feel like if you want to kind of get a really good glimpse into maybe some BDSM culture, like 
there are some really fine examples in anime. There are some really fine examples in manga. Even hentai. I know we talked about hentai briefly, which I, I'm telling you, some of these hentais have really good plot lines. <laughs> some of them have some, you some sound of them like somebody have... that says, yo, let's read, let's read this porn magazine for the article. Right? <laughs> really quality articles back in the day. Don't front like Playboy didn't have some fire articles. Okay? Okay, I read them online. Uh, I read them online. <laughs> like, that shit with the high, I mean, I don't own Playboy, but like, people will send some links and Playboy had some... You know what? Jose, but anime and manga have some really good um, examples of BDSM done right. Um, and there is a series that I am going to admit First off, that I have not dived into, mostly because I was side-eyeing it for a really long time. But it's Nana Tokauru, where it's um, Kaoru is a 17-year-old version who has an S&M fetish and has dreamed about having an S&M relationship with one of his childhood friends and next-door neighbor, a girl named Nana. Now, Nana is um, uh, the top of her, was it she's like the smartest girl at school. She's really popular. Um, and they kind of fell apart because they kind of started drifting into different social circles. And while she's at school, she's getting really stressed. And the teacher was like, you need to find a way to relax. Find something that will relax you. So um, as fate would have it, Kaoru's mother finds some of his S&M toys and gives them to Nana for some odd reason for safekeeping. Oh, that's kind of good. Um, they collect non-burnable garbage on Fridays. She really could put it in the green plastic bag and put it outside. And they would have picked it up and not asked any questions. Hold on. So the mother gives Nana this, this box of S&M toys and she finds a leather one piece um, that Kaoru purchased I want to know where this young man is getting the money for these things, but but that's neither here nor there. Right. It's actually a lot cheaper than you think. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot cheaper than you think. And low-key, these kids be having money because their schools provide lunches. So they ain't really be buying lunches or nothing. Their schools provide lunches. They ain't got nothing else to spend their money on. What Nana does is she puts on the one piece and gets locked in it because she doesn't have the key. Oh, no. Something so, can relate. <laughs> so Kaoru has to free her from the one piece because he has the key. And at this point, Nana discovers that just the that the experience of being in the one piece and kind of being locked in it and not being able to get out caused her to relax and her academic performance improves. So what they do after that is they kind of engage in more of these activities, which they call breathers. And the story follows them, like, as they explore the world of S&M while kind of keeping it, well, not kind of, while keeping it a secret from um, their schoolmates and their family. And I've read a bunch of reviews on this or whatever, and a lot of people seem to think that this is a, a positive, a more one of the more positive portrayals of BDSM in manga. And the fact that it's not really, like, it's not salacious for the sense, just for the sake of being salacious. Like, you're examining, like, the how the relationship develops between Kaoru and Nana and how they kind of grow in the lifestyle. So I'm actually going to put the manga on my to read, like to be read list. Um, and I'll probably come back and like, give me like a month or two. Cause the, the cues are long. They're, they're, they're long and they're real, but um, I'll come back with a more thorough review of this one at a later date. This sounds like this would be a fire anime. Cause I'm not a manga reader. Like make this, but there, there is, <clears throat> There is um, a, 
I think there's like a short, um, um, uh, there's an OVA for this series. And I believe they did live action as well. Of course. Of course. So um, if if I can find um, license links, I will include them. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to dig a little bit deeper into this one. Oh, God, I just made the mistake of Googling it, the live action. And of course, the very first photos of her <laughs> in a collar, which is not standard edition and her teacher will tell her. <laughs> they can't even dye their hair to go to school here. Like, yo, it's quiet for that. Don't don't even try to be an individual in this piece. Like, don't do that. Take that off. What what are you doing? Um, and of course, she's um, in Kimbaku um, bondage rope, which okay, that's not realistic because to do that, you need somebody to teach you. What's, and from what I who from what I understand, um, Kaoru has like a mentor in the lifestyle. It's a woman. Uh... He has a mentor in the lifestyle. So a lot of what he knows and learns, he's learned from this individual. And this individual, I believe, is, if I'm remembering correctly, um, what I read is the woman at the shop where he gets his gear from is the sub to one of his favorite authors. Spicy. So they're like layers on layers. Yeah. So like I said, when I... Because when I first saw like the like I think the cover art, I was like, oh, no, this is not what we're doing today. I'm not I'm not reading this. But now that like I've actually like done my done my Googles, which I recommend to everybody because it's free and available to all. I will give this a go. I thought it was going to be like um, in, in, in the convenience stores here. They got the they got they got the nudie magazines out in broad daylight. Um, they're not covered. They're not hidden. They're just out next to like the regular magazines. So there's fashion magazines, food magazines, sports magazines, then ah, woman in a wet t-shirt got the titties out. Um, and so you can just walk into any convenience store and just like op- crack open a magazine and it, you know, you know, you, you see in everything. And so I saw the, the poster and I was like, Oh God, this looks like one of those magazines. God damn. But now that you said that, you know, he has like a mentor and he's not just like free winging it with his childhood friend, it does sound interesting. And I might need to like check it out and try not to judge people because I see them here every day. <laughs> like, oh, what you doing? So, and I just want to clarify, this is a high school student? Yeah, he's 17 years old, so they're probably in their last year of high school. Okay, because I'm just like, what grown woman is mentoring a high school student about this? But okay, but I know, right? I know the age lines are very blurred. I know the age lines be very blurred out there, so I shouldn't be surprised, but also I'm like... Not read... Like, that's one of the things that blows my mind about the... <sighs> Japan is so problematic. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> it's like... Oh, God, there's so many things here that are just, like, so problematic. I saw a lady on the train, like, three days ago. First of all, I saw a dude with what seemed like a high school student, and so I'm just like, yo, my guy... She's too young for you. I'm giving him the dirty look. You know, the dirty mom look like, oh, you're nasty. But then the lady turned around and she's like at least 40. She's just like cosplaying as a high school student. I'm like, oh, I mean. Is that less weird or more weird? I live on a very weird train line. Full disclosure. My train line is very, very strange. I live in the weirdest part of town. All my coworkers let me know this. They're like, why do you live there? But I like it. it. It keeps things spicy. I mean, I like to be surprised now and then. So 
I don't mind living in the weird part of the city. It's very strange. You wouldn't see that like in the middle of the city. People would look at them strange. People would take photos. But out here, nobody bats an eye because if you're living out here, you've got to be some kind of weirdo or a foreigner. So, also, so even she's cosplaying, I'm wondering if they're doing like a like a daddy little girl thing because... I think so because he, they, I, I, I'm, of course, I'm nosy as hell. So I'm trying to like eavesdrop on your conversation like, ooh, what y'all doing? But <laughs> she was saying something about wanting to go eat um, like ice cream because like ice cream here is like a treat for kids. Like you, your parents take you to Baskin Robbins only on your birthday or when you got a good grade in school. And so they seem like they were having some kind of little role play going on. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all do, y'all do what y'all do. Of course, the old lady sitting on the chair across from me was like looking at them like, y'all are nasty. <laughs> Mind your business, old lady. Because, oh, I, I, I love an old Japanese lady stare. They are so pointed. They don't give a hell. They're just like looking at you like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, mind your business. How about that? But yeah, like, the, it's, I don't know. High school students here don't seem smart enough for that. <laughs> high school students everywhere. High school students are so dumb. Yeah, like. Think about think back to when we were in high school. Like, come on, dog. Well, <laughs> like, I was a big boss. Yeah, come on, man. I couldn't do shit in high school, much less think about like how to safely tie rope. Like, come on, dog. Also, if my parents found any kind of S and M, hello, BDSM, Jesus, thing, they would have an intervention and probably have an exorcism. Like, what kind of dopey thing is it? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Okay. Okay, listen, they would have shipped you off somewhere. Like, okay, okay, you can't. <laughs> right. They would have been like, you know what? You got to go stay with your people. They, yeah. You're going like, back down the like, island. Um, That's where you're going. You just <laughs> spend another summer in Kingston to get your life right and church because, please, what, what, what is this? Fuck high school. Like, I'm definitely 30. I'm, I'm grown and my mom would still probably be like, Moshokba, like, you know, if you pray, <laughs> it's fine. You know, I love you so much, but, you know, this kind of shit ain't... Like, it would definitely be a prayer vigil. My aunties in Nigeria would have to have, like, their own fasting and prayer session. Like, as a teen, absolutely, I would have been on the first KLM flight straight to Ibadan. Like, no question. No way. (laughs) My mother would have called our pastor. He'd have been, like, there splashing olive oil on me. God! (laughs) Deliver! (laughs) Really? No way. No 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 way. No, and then giving it to your friend, like, yo, keep this, sis. Like the mo- the mother gives it to the friend. That's the that's the what's that's what's blowing my that's mind. What it's, gets me. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, here are my son's toys. I don't want him messing with them, but you seem like a good girl, so here you go. Like I said, isn't they, that like isn't that like endangering like another minor? Like, yes. Yeah. Let's let's call the police. Like in charity. <laughs> there are laws. Apparently not in this series, but there are laws. Um, okay. Kimbaku. Kimbaku. Tight binding. The history of it is that it was a way to keep prisoners. In the Edo era, they ain't got no metal to make handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. Rope was always used. And so it was a way of binding prisoners and transporting them because Japan is this vast space. Like, it's... It, you see it on a map, but when you're here, you just don't realize just how big it is. So it's a way to transport prisoners. And that's that's where it comes from. It was a way of binding and also in a little bit 
kind of weird way torture your prisoners because being bound like that for a long period of time can do a hella damage on your nervous system and your body. And so yeah. the police now, the modern Japanese police, I hear, I've actually never seen it because <laughs> I'm black. I'm not trying to get arrested in a foreign country. Um, they, I hear they still have a small bit of jute rope in like their cars or that little scooter thing that they ride around in just in case somebody gets really out of hand and you got to tie them up real quick. That's the history of it. It didn't become a sexual thing until, ha, Caucasians came to Japan and was just like, ooh. Because at that time, tight, at that time, um, Victorian corsets were really popping and, you know, tight lacing of corsets was a sexual thing. So they came here and saw this beautiful way of tying bitches up and stringing them up from the rafters. And they're like, ooh, yes, let me, let me find out. So <laughs> that's how it, it became a little bit more sexualized. And um, in a historical context in Japan, those who saw it as a sexual thing were pretty much kind of like kept at arm's length, like, ah, something's wrong with you. Because there is, there was one Japanese artist who used it to portray women in like a sexual way, but it was always like they were about to die in all of the, like in every single one of those pieces, they're about to die. Wait, like literally, like literally? Like you could see like, how they were going to die. Like it was just weird. So I'm like, there is one um, where it's like a heavily pregnant woman being bound and strung upside down. And then on the floor is an older woman oh, sharpening oh, a very you. big knife. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like bad knife. Yeah. I'm like, Absolutely yo, my guy. Not. No, but no, no. Note, pass, but pass, but pass. side note, listeners, do you see how much knowledge darts you are getting today? Do you see all this knowledge you are getting today? Get into it. <laughs> Be grateful. I know a lot of stuff. We about accept nothing. gifts. <laughs> we'll, put our, we'll put our cash app tags in the show notes support support god damn it <laughs> yo please but yeah that's 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 pretty much the, the the history of it and where it comes from and now i mean you can take lessons here not where i live obviously because i live in the middle of nowhere but you can take lessons here from um masters of kimbakubi who do it in a sexual way or in an erotic way um, just to know how to do it safely. So even if you see like workshops in California or New York or something like that, they've had to come to Japan at some point to study under one of these masters. Um, there's a lady that lives in a city about 45 minutes from me that does um, classes. I haven't gone because your girl be tired when she comes from work. Like I, I, I ain't got time. But she does offer classes and does speak English. But most of the masters do not speak English. So you either hire a translator or work on your Japanese. Or you can be lazy and go to a maid cafe. What's, what's a maid cafe? Really? You don't know what the, Oh, let me tell you. It's a... Yeah, I don't, I don't do... Yeah, I don't do kawaii. She doesn't do cute, so she misses those things. <laughs> Everything is cute here, though, like, to be honest. Um, she doesn't. It's a cafe where you go and all the waitresses are dressed as French maids. I'm with it. Sign me up. But... Not not only are they dressed like that, they're trained to be super subservient and like either watch you eat or feed you the food and like do um, fan service type stuff like sing for you or fawn over you like, oh, master, you eat so well and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, going there, so going that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, my guy, you shelling out a lot of money to eat 
this like disgusting parfait <laughs> this girl because <laughs> the food is trash let's keep it a buck the food is disgusting i can tell i see the photos eggs all runny and disgusting nasty you paying like the equivalent of like twenty dollars us <laughs> to eat some like cornflakes sprinkled on ice cream just because a girl dressed as a maid is gonna tell you that you're cool isn't that a lesson that like that there are people like you know what shout out to sex workers because there are people who there's something in them that like they are willing to pay for food that is categorically garbage just to have like a beautiful woman be like you're so awesome like you know what good for you sis go ahead and collect all of those coins because if someone's gonna pay it you should definitely get that money but in Japan's history of like women working in, I don't want to say necessarily sex work, because a lot of people think that geishas are sex workers, but they're not. They don't actually have sex with the dudes that come to the tea house. They just have tea. Icons. Hashtag goals, because they're not having a lick of sex. None. They actually have to, you have to go to school to become one of them. Like you, you from your 16 years old, you leave your house and you move into essentially a tea house and you train to become a geisha. And before that, you're a maiko and it's a rigorous process. And if you go to um, Kyoto or one of those places, well, mostly Kyoto now, because I mean, they're dying out at a rapid pace because they don't make no money anymore. But yeah, you go to one of those places, they're trained to just have conversation and be the image and the embodiment of subservience and I feel like a lot of dudes, especially like <laughs> white dudes, they come to Japan to just experience that. Like, oh, I want somebody that's fawning over me and is submissive to me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Because you're boring in real life. In real life. Let's keep it a buck. Y'all yeah. are trash in real life and no one's going to do that for you. So. pretty much so it's just like them pouring sake or playing musical instruments or talking about politics or um, current events so they're essentially just trained to be conversation partners that's it that's the only and then geishas are way prettier to look at than um the maid cafe oh ooh, ooh, a new maid cafe opened in tokyo recently where all the maids are foreigners so they're all white and blonde Yay! Diversity! <laughs> Bro. Bro. <laughs> Listen, there's... <laughs> Sometimes I'll be seeing, like, news items, and I'm just like... Well, you live in oh, land, so... God. I really do. And I'm just like, this is so problematic in real life. In anime, it's hilarious. But in real life, you're just like, what the hell is this? So, remember how I said I had, like, a spectrum of these examples? So we're going to go a little bit... Uh, we're going to go a little bit up the spectrum now. So we have um, a series called Kimi Wapet, where um, Sumire is a career woman. She's a journalist at a, new, a major newspaper um, who happens to be suffering from depression and anxiety, triggered by the fact that her fiancé left her for his mistress, and she ends up getting demoted at work. So she comes home and finds an injured young homeless man sleeping in a box outside of her complex and she brings him in and you know gives him a meal and um she thinks he's pretty nifty and as a joke she says i want to keep you as my pet and the boy says sure because you know free room and board 
all that other stuff. So she names him Momo after her dog in childhood. She gives him room and board. Momo provides love and loyalty. And there's like no, there's a lot of unresolved sexual tension as you're watching. Um, I watched the live action um, version of this. I didn't, um, I read the manga and I read the, and I watched the live action. Um, so there's a lot of like unresolved sexual tension because Momo, who has a real name, his name is Takeshi, <laughs> starts developing feelings for her. And she kind of starts developing feelings for him, but that's outside of the construct that they established. So they kind of dance around it, dance around it, but they don't really indulge in it. And she, um, because she has like these, like these hard line rules for like, they need to have three highs, need to have a higher pay, a higher education and a higher height. They need to be taller than her. And he doesn't have any of those things at this time. Well, he's not going to be taller than her at any point. But not the pay and not the education. But just Short watching men how rubbing their hands together, <laughs> like, oh, it's my shot. I knew it. But um, like you see, as like their relationship develops, you see how like he kind of, he kind of like bends his will to accommodate her, even though like he can leave at any time he chooses to stay. And you kind of like watch like that interdependency because at some point, even though like she's kind of like the master because he is the pet, like you see how they both begin to rely on each other and how like the power sometimes shifts within the relationship. But it's it's a cute series. Like if you watch the live action, what was it? I thought it was cute, which means Tam is not going to watch it. Because <laughs> she's a hater. No, because I need... No, because I need I need a little drama. And there is drama because there's there's of course like there comes like a man like men who who are interested in her, and like they don't quite understand why this young able bodied man is living with her. Like you got a whole dude in your apartment, dog. Like, gotta, I'm like, or there comes time where like she has like this like loft bed thingy where like when people come over, like she tells him like kind of like you you know, like when you put your like a dog in a crate when like company comes over, that's what she yeah. does. And like, she like figuratively crates him. She's like, go upstairs. Don't make no noise. Don't come down. What was it? This, that, and the other. So I'm like, like I said, it's cute. Like there's moments of drama and then there's, there's like girls who are interested in him, but like he's hung up on her and they're like, you live with her. You're not sleeping with her. So they are hung up on a homeless you- man though. Like, but the thing is, like, the thing is, like, he's not actually, like, once you get down to it, like, like, his homelessness, um, like, is, like, in air quotes. Ah, uh, because like, I was like, yo, I've seen homeless people here and none of them cute. No, no, because it's, Masum- it's Masumoto June. Like, come on, he's cute. Yeah, the dude so, from Arashi. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. oh, God, he's so popular here still. Like, he's on TV almost every night. Really? I was like, but I've loved him, like, forever, which is how I ended up watching this. I was like... <laughs> June, slight, slight fan girl. <laughs> but like, there's, I'm like, but like his home, like his homelessness is like air quoted because there are like other things involved. I was like, dude, like you're not homeless. You're just choosing to like ignore all the other shit that you have going on in your world. If I'm remembering, uh, I don't want to spoil, even though it's an older series. But just watch it. Just, I think it's cute. But just watching the dynamics between like Takeshi and his mistress is. I mean, he, that guy, Matsumoto Jun, is really popular here. Like, the, God almighty. My coworkers talk about the Arashi guys and the Smap guys. Like, oh, who's your favorite? I'm like, what? what is this conversation right now? They're literally... Okay, you know what? Group. I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling <laughs> just attacked. saying. Just saying. Like, you got a lot of competition. Like, but if you want, I'm like, I'm sure he has, like... They have... 
individual like fan clubs where you can sign up for like special emails Wait, if you want to if you're interested in that kind of thing <laughs> to see like his daily selfie because wait I, because wanna, wait, I can see Diva like after being like yo slip me that information on the side so I so, so like like let me, yo so I know y'all were judging me but like quietly yo just slip me that information so I could like yo mind your me. business why yes. are you so loud yes. like yo there's no shame because he's like he's 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 not like super young it's like when i hear like my coworkers talk about like yeah like when i hear my coworkers talking about like the really super young guys that are in like the korean bands i'm just like yo wallen stop that's that's, that that's too much like, 96 no. relax june june is yeah. in his 30s like i think all of them are like 30 plus at this point so i yeah, don't feel are, yeah. bad i don't feel don't bad feel no but shame, again, like, don't feel no shame yeah, so if you just want to drop that in my DM because they are open, just <laughs> you, already, you put me out on Front Street. All I'm doing is I'm crossing the street now. You already put me out there. I'm just gonna continue. I'm just gonna walk on through it. It's so funny because here in Japan, like most women are really hung up on the man being older. Um, to see a woman with a younger man is very, very, very rare. Like. They always feel like they're being judged. Even when nobody don't give two shits, they feel like people are watching them. They feel like people are being judged. They feel like younger guys never have any money. Um, one of my coworkers is, uh, she's going to turn 30 this year. And she's like, oh, I, I really need to date more. So I was like, you know, have you thought about dating a younger man? And she looked at me like, I grew three heads, sis. She was like, they're so broke. <laughs> <laughs> like straight, like no smile, nothing. They're so broke. And you have to be their mom. And Listen, I'm fully, I have fully, like, accepted that at some point in my life, I'm going to become a cougar. But, I mean, like, I don't have those hangups. Whereas here, it's just like, wow, you are dating someone that's X years younger than you and blah, blah. And you're the one taking care of it. Even if that's not the case, even if she's not the one taking care of him, people think that's what's happening. And what people think, it really influences a lot of what Japanese people do. That collective, I am being judged kind of mentality stops a lot of people here from being happy. And it's sad. It's very sad. But saw a lady with her younger boyfriend out the other day. Um, they were in the mall and he was grabbing her ass on the escalator. And I was like, yes, sis, live the dream. Live the goddamn dream. Live your best whole life sis that's what that's what everybody needs to do and also quietly because i was just thinking about this um going back to helsing um even though uh like saris was the submissive of everybody saris was everybody's sub essentially right um but saris also came through with the clutch with the big ass yoppers okay nobody <laughs> else could handle them big ass guns like Saris did. And again, that's another thing. People think that subs don't really play a part and like behind the scenes, they're doing the damn thing, okay? So don't just let this like alpha beta relationship stuff get you all like messed up because the subs, we run the show sometimes. And by sometimes, I mean a lot of the time, okay? Because when them, when um, the little Nazi people were attacking the house with their zombie soldiers, a lot of people would have been more dead because a lot of people died, but a lot of people would have been more dead if Saris didn't come with her big ass yoppers. So I don't watch as much dark anime as the rest of the team because nightmares, but in Magi, it's almost like 
And it's weird because when you think of a dominant, at least in anime context, you think of someone who projects a lot of like power, right? So you have Integra um, or that guy who like bound up that young girl in her bodysuit or whatever. But if you've ever seen Magi, Aladdin and Magi, they are not super macho or like super mask entities i mean like fucking aladdin is like uh he's a child (laughs) like he's like a small person and aladdin doesn't really give you like that manly vibe but as the series progresses you have people who decide that they are going to align their lives with this cause right with um aladdin's cause and he essentially becomes the master of these people to the point where Everyone who is a part of his his household or his family, it's a twofold thing. They have a household item. They have a weapon that is theirs. And they almost become tools in the hand of this person, which goes in line with what Tam was saying about subs, like this idea that they are not doing the work. Subs are the tools that get the actual work done. Um, and you have Morgiana, who the pink-haired like badass. And a lot of the... A lot of what goes into it is he saved her. She was um, a slave and she was so grateful to be rescued. Um, But that didn't necessarily code the the dynamic. She bought into the vision. She fucked with the vision. And she decided that she is going to show her gratitude through service. And so much so that she is willing to use her body as a weapon. Like Morgiana is that bitch to the point where she had, she ended up with two household items. So the chains that used to bind her feet that were a, um, a symbol of her past bondage, LOL. Um, now she uses in service of her new master. And I think she gets another one. Like, so she ends up with like, uh, feet chains. And I think I also, um, think like either wrist chains or something like that. And it's very fascinating to see that even just like the way she talks, she's like so grateful. And like Aladdin's like, no, like we're like a family. We're like a team. It's okay. Like I'm thankful that you're committed to the cause, but she is so sold. Like to be willing to use your body in that way for another person um, is like beautiful. And he's like, I care about you. We are a household. We are like in this for life. Like I definitely was crying when I watch the show and like they're talking about household items because you take people who are discarded, you take people who don't feel like they're a part of anything and in gratitude, they offer themselves as like weapons. And I think that that is like an ideal kind of DS situation where someone trusts you so much that they're willing to give literally all of themselves. But Magi is definitely not sexual, even with like all of like the, the obvious bondage things with like Morgiana's chains and stuff like that. But that level of service is, like, really beautiful and, like, you know, heartwarming to see. Uh, If we're going to talk about service, then this is a pretty good seg to Black Butler. Um, Black Butler is one of my favorite series, and not just because of Sebastian. Um, But what you have is um, a young Earl who has entered into a master-servant contract with a demon, um, Sebastian. Um... So once you once you get past like that superficial level of um, domination and submission, you have like a lot of examples of um, what am I looking at of um, 
kind of angels being doms over um, demons and reapers. Um, there's an episode where Sebastian, a demon, has been chained to a wall is being and is being whipped by um, a rogue angel. And um, Sebastian, being the demon that he is, is actually enjoying it. And that kind of almost plays into the trope of, like, bondage being bad. But, um, and you also have that kind of play when Angela, another angel gone rogue. Angels don't, ain't worth a damn in this series, actually. Um, where she's whipping Grell, who is a Grim Reaper. Um, and Grell, who is admittedly, like, the, the pervy character in the series. Like, Grell is extra from, like, the time you meet him. Um, and Grell is like blushing and like gasping and pleasure. And she also seems to like it when her boss, Will and Sebastian, um, abuse her. Cause usually she, I keep saying she, because they, cause the voice actor, um, has a high pitched voice, but Grell is a he, he, um, does too much and tries to push himself on them. And they're like, no. And they end up like doing that anime thing where they kick him across the room and like he spins around in that bit. But you get a lot of those types of moments in Black Butler, in addition to, you know, where you actually have legitimate contracts, master and servant contracts between characters. I, I watch anime sometimes. I actually watched it before I came here. Um, <laughs> I don't actually watch anime much now that I'm here, which is low-key a waste. Anime does come on TV, but it's like Naruto. No, sorry, Boruto, which is his son, which is another bizarre instance of Japanese companies not knowing when to let go. But yeah, I, I saw Black Butler. Sis, let it go. <laughs> but I love Boruto, though. Of course. But no, but... Okay, no, but... Okay, Black... Okay, I'm focused. Okay, I got distracted, but now I'm focused. But no, like, Black Butler was good. Season one was really good. Season two was completely... Um, it, it was... It was... Um, it was it was off canon, so I always tell people to skip season two if you can, and then jump to season three, which is Book of Circus, because that picks up where season one kind of left off. And then I watched the the live action movie, which I thought was adorable. They kind of did a time skip where Sebastian is still bound to House Phantom Hive, um, but instead of CL, it's one of CL's descendants, who was a young woman who was pretending to be a boy because the head of the house can only be a male. It was really pop. It was really popular here actually for a while, like because of they, they love pretty men. The, the fan art is where they really got into like the bondage themes between CL and um, Sebastian. So, so many chains and belts. It was so much. And, because you have to remember, like, it takes a minute for you to remember that CL and throughout the series is no more. When you meet him, he's like 12. And when the series ends, at least when Book of Circus ends, it's, he's 13, 14 tops. Yeah, the whole, the love of, like, Shota, which is, like, that small, cute little boy, really creeps yeah, me cute, out. Yeah. Really creeps me out, dog. Yeah, that, <laughs> that and Lalakon, I can't Yo, deal with guys. that. I can't deal with either. Stop it. Listen, I understand that your kink is not my kink, and that's okay. I but try not to kink shame, but I also be having the I wild tried, Jamaican mom side eye. It's very powerful. Yes. I was like, you know that's a 12-year-old boy, right? And that's like a thousand-year-old demon, right? Can we not? Guys, come on, But dog. I get it. I get but it's also it. yeah. a really prevalent theme because in... I mean, Sophia's talking about how a sub is willing to use her body for her master. Like, even going into... um. 
Kite. I know that's like such a throwback. It's a, it's a 90s anime. In Kite, it's a schoolgirl who is using her body in her job as an assassin. Look at that. And it's just like, okay, so it's, it's very, very throwback. I feel so old. I'm showing my age. But yeah, it's, it's about how that whole young submissive character is willing to go above and beyond for her master because a detective of some sort is like her master and he essentially just uses her as like an assassin to get rid of like the dudes that he can't catch using the law. My guy, she's 16, you disgust me. But it's actually so common. It's so common here in films and movies. And just that pairing of the younger female figure and the older male figure. It's like, y'all wild in Japanese people. Stop it. Speaking of folks using people as tools, now we can talk about Berserk. Hey, hey, tap me in. (laughs) I can't. Berserk is. Berserk is Berserk is wild, and you know, I think this is the one I suggested that we all watch yes. as a family, and then yes. I got yelled at. I got yelled at as as I always do. I get yelled at whenever I recommend something, and y'all yell at me, but y'all love it. Y'all love it though. But anyway, we have Griffith, we have Guts, we have Casca. Where do we begin, right? Because Guts, I mean, Griffith basically tells Guts like, "Fam, I own you." Okay. I own you. And they have the big ass, they have that big fight where they're doing the macho e macho thing. And um, Griffith like does the move where he lands on Guts's big ass sword and like looks him in the eye and it's like, yeah, I got your dick. Not physically, but metaphorically. <laughs> I got your dick and now you're mine and you're going to serve me, um, you know, forever or as long as I f- see fit. And um it's really interesting because everyone gives them like all of everyone in the band of, is it the band of Hawks? Is that Griffith's gang? Yeah. They are so like enamored by Griffith's vision to like create this, this better world. And Guts is kind of like, I mean, I'm here. I'm kind of fucking with the vision, but like, I'm still my own person and no one can understand why Griffith wants to have like Griffith wants to own guts so badly. It's like he wants it's because guts isn't the is the only one who's not falling right. all over him. It's the challenge of it all. Like if guts was just like everybody else and was like, I'll do whatever you say whenever you say it, he would lose he would it would lose his intrigue. But because guts is like, I'm here, but I'm not, I'm working with you, but I'm not, I'll be here when I feel like it, and if I don't feel like it, I'm not. That's why Griffith is always yeah. up his ass. He's like trying figuratively, to, like, no, not literally. No, no, you really good. It's really good. Um, it's, it's very graphic. So I should watch this then. Is that what you're saying? I should watch this. Yeah, like, but you know what? The the manga kind like comes and goes though. Like, it comes back and then like he's gone for like three six months and then he comes back and he's, I'm like, yeah. So you have plenty of time if you felt like it because he, the dude. He's like infamous for his hiatuses. Like, I try on, not to watch anime where the manga is still going on because the manga is still going on. Yeah, he he be dipping. Yeah, he be dipping and then be like, all right, I'm I'm gonna come back with the sh- the the manga, but but the anime is really good. Mangas tend to have like more like no mangas always have like more leeway. Like you can do all sorts of like wild shit in manga, whereas anime it's like. You can't get your anime on TV unless you have sponsors lined up. And they ain't sponsoring no gang rape, dog. <laughs> they're, 
<laughs> like missing cup noodles ain't backing that. I'm sorry. Like Momofuku Ando in his grave rolling. Nope. Nope. But manga, you can just do anything. Like they'll stock it. Don't worry about it. We'll just put it in the corner over here with all the other shit. Somebody's gonna buy it. Trust me. Trust me. All right. I mean, I mean, the bookstores heavy, and you can like read in the bookstores, and I judge everyone based on what they're reading. <laughs> some people be reading some very questionable manga. Okay. Very questionable. Alrighty, yes. On that note, we love you, Rosa. Really, really, we do. We had a great time talking to you. Um, tell the lovely people. Um, wait, wait a minute. Do you want the lovely people to find you? Do you want them to? Then <laughs> I guess you can follow me on Twitter um, at Wanderosa. Please do tell me where you found me, so I don't think you're a stranger. Stranger danger. I will block you. You know. And if, and if you want to get spicy and tell me that I'm wrong or yeah, 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 that my experience is not typical, I will tell you to suck your mother because I'm Jamaican. Right? Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't, don't let the New York accent fool you. I am Jamaican. I will tell you to suck your mother. Bless up. I beg. <laughs> Alrighty. So that being that, thank you, Rosa, for your time here. And we will be back in a moment. Once again, we want to thank Wanderosa for taking the time to chat with us all the way from Japan. She is so fucking awesome. You guys need to get with it or get a clue, do something because like she was dropping all types of knowledge and gems on y'all. So we hope you appreciate it. So now it is time, ladies and gents, for Notice Me Senpai, where we answer questions from our dear beloved listeners. And this week, our question comes from Colt Chocolate on Twitter. Hey. Hey, baby. And he asked, hey, ladies, Deadly Diva brought up cosplay at Dragon Con. And I remember having a convo on Twitter with Chopay about her dressing up as Garnet for Halloween. I wanted to know if you could co- if you could cosplay as one character from any form of media and one from anime, who would it be? Gender doesn't matter. Also, name a celebrity who would do a great cosplay as an anime character. I really want to see Rihanna as Alucard from Helsing in a gender bent cosplay. That sounds really fire. That was a good one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who would I cosplay as? Um, maybe Merlin from Seven Deadly Sins. So titties just um, all out for the world to see? Basically, yes. Yes. Okay, cool beans. Or I would like to be our girl, Sarah Victoria, because everyone sleeps on her, but I think she's awesome um, and I think that would be cute to see a black girl as Ceres. With Rihanna as your Alucard? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be so hot. Rihanna, queen of my life. Um, I think dressing up, like, I definitely actually want to be Garnet for Halloween. Or I would be Toph from Avatar, The Last Airbender, because I love her. And maybe if I dress up like her, I could have earthbending powers, maybe. Um... As far as like someone that I love, I would have chosen Rihanna, but you gave her to us. I would love to see Beyonce in some sort of cosplay. Like truly, I don't even care what she would dress up as. Like I would just, I would just pass out just to see her dressed as like any type of anime character. Like okay, you make if you make her like uh, Queen Serenity from Sailor Moon, then you can have Blue Ivy as Chibiusa. And then you can grab the twins and make them two of like, because Chibiusa has her own set of like Sailor Senshi that um, that work with her the same way that Sailor Moon does. So you make the twins like little Sailor Senshi. 
to go around to like while they're still like small and tiny and you can't really determine like slap gender on them quite yet that's cute you know what after you said that i kind of want um her to be dressed as like one of the madoka magical girls and i want Ooh, yeah that'd be really and i want blue to be dressed up as um Cube, not be like, I mean, I love blue, but I feel like blue is just like, I actually run this shit and um, I don't answer to you, just like the actual Cube. Um, just dress her up like a little cute bunny thing. Uh, yeah. So either what Diva said, the sailor situation, because they have an entire family, or just Beyonce as a magical girl, I would absolutely pass smooth the fuck out. And then I would be revived and then I would pass out again. <laughs> All right, so um, if I could cosplay, and matter of fact, a couple people at Dragon Con that I knew were like, "Why aren't you cosplaying?" I'm like, "Mind your business." I didn't have time to, <laughs> I didn't have time to put it yourself. together. Like cosplay, if you're gonna do it right, takes time, and I just didn't have like the time or the resources to do it the way I wanted to do. I really admire serious cosplayers because not only does it take time, but it takes money. And patience, you got, like, when I went to um, the anime convention here in Baltimore last year, like, I was, a lot of vendors were selling, like, cosplay items, and I was like, this shit is wild expensive. Like, if you're going to do it right, whew. Yeah, like, you got to get some quality products, unless you're just very crafty and you can, like, DIY yourself, but yeah. Sorry, Diva, you go, you go now. But shit, still, (laughs) even the raw materials cost money. (laughs) yeah so um if i were to cosplay there is um a non-anime character that i've been trying to cosplay as for the longest time but it's kind of like a pairs cosplay and i haven't quite gotten someone to agree to be my pair to be in the pair with me and that's um black canary from the dc comics universe okay like silver age black canary like she has like fishness with like the cuffed like pirate boot and like a black leotard and like a craft little jacket with a black choker and the blonde wig i could so do that but if i do that i wanted to have somebody cosplay with me as green arrow but i haven't been able to find a man who'd be willing to put on the green leotard to stand next to me and i think that's kind of hurtful the least y'all mofos could do considering all that I have done for y'all is put on the goddamn leotard so I could take a picture in front of some people. But no. <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry. CC the person you mean. Just sub to You don't them. understand. <laughs> you don't understand. Like, I... Listen, every single one of y'all tall, light-skinned Negroes that I have been messing with since like 2001, not one of y'all will put on the goddamn leotard. And I'm mad at all of you. All you had to do, I put up with your light-skinned shenanigans for wow. two damn long for you not rant. to put on this, this is like very... the goddamn leotard. Wow. At them okay. or dap them, Diva. <laughs> Just name them. This is, this is... I'm a little, I'm a little concerned because this is like, sounds like some pent up feelings we got going on here. I'm good now. I'm good. Um, as far as an anime character, oh, wow. That is, that is a lot. But I really love the look of Yumi from, um, from Roni Kenshin. She was, um, she was the, um, the Oran. Yeah that um shishio ends up killing to further his agenda but like her kimono is like so dope it's so dope and she's sitting there with like that long like that long pipe i don't know what it's called but it's that long pipe with a small bowl at the end 
like just chilling with like this really nice sh- shade of green lipstick with like the mole on her lip. Listen, it's a look. She's giving us looks. She is down for her man, even though he kills her because he probably wouldn't wear the goddamn leotard either. Um, but yeah. Well, you know who would also be a dope celebrity cosplay? And y'all know I'm so bad with names, so forgive me, but I see her face in my head and I just can't think of her name. Um, the Dominican girl from Orange is the New Black. Dasha like, Polanco. Yes. I think she would be really dope as one of the Claymores. Like if she dressed up Ooh. as a Claymore. Ooh. Oh my God. Yes. She has the Claymore body. Yeah. Like that just came to me. Like I just envisioned it and I was like, she would be a dope ass Claymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be fire. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have like, I can't think of a celebrity cosplayer right now. Like somebody, cause I was going to say Beyonce. So, and then I gave up my, my, I gave up mine. So <laughs> That's it. But thank you, Cult Chocolate, for your question. Maybe one day in the future, you'll see us cosplaying. Not this day, but someday. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) Please don't. We don't want to be responsible for anything that happens. And now it is time for... Alrighty. So I have two nifty bits of anime news for everyone. Um, one, if you are um, a fan of Katsugeki Token Rambu, um, yes, as you as you are aware, um, the summer anime did just end, um, but there was an announcement of a theatrical. Th- film project that will be launching now the announcement didn't specify the number of films in the project and we don't quite have a timeline but you will be getting feature film of token rambu so keep your head up yeah i mean that's exciting but are they coming back with season two because that's what i was hoping the announcement was you know what? I don't have that information <laughs> just... available to me right now but if i come across it i will let everybody know Thanks, because I need season two because it was fire. I mean, I need to watch the season finale, but I'm really hoping that they bring it back because it was very dope. Alrighty, and um, our second piece of anime news um, comes from one of my followers on Twitter, and I am so sorry that I forgot to write down your at name, but you definitely know who you are. Um, the Roroni Kenshin manga is back. Um, the September issue of Shueisha's Jump SQ mag- magazine revealed that um, Watsuhiki, well, sorry, not Watsuhiki, wrong person, Watsuki's um, new Ramoni Kenshin Hokkaido arc um, will launch in the October issue, which, um, in the October issue, and the manga was originally supposed to come out in December, um, was, sorry, it was announced in December, it was supposed to come out in the spring, but it was delayed until the summer, and this series will feature Kenshin as a protagonist, thank goodness, because I don't have time for these side characters, <laughs> and it will have five arcs. So um, if you are a Kenshin fan like I am, you know, keep an eye out, you know, get to reading, and we can talk about it um, at a later date. And that is all that we have this episode in the way of anime news. We did it. Yay! And now it is time for one of my favorite segments, The Couple's Corner, where our recommendation couple, Chopay, tells us what we should be watching. Hey, friends. What up? Uh, so, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to whoever suggested this anime to me, um, Bungo Stray Dogs. 
you know who you are. Thank you so much. So I watched it. It's on Hulu, and I know for a fact it's also on Crunchyroll. It is subtitled. It's not dubbed. So please be prepared to commit all of your energy to paying attention while you're watching. And it's excellent. The very first episode starts off incredibly weird. I I had actually tried to watch it a couple of months ago, like when it was first suggested. And I legit was like, what the fuck is this shit? And then I cut it off <laughs> and I tried to go back to it. And I'm like, okay, yes, you have to give me some time to like get really invested. So essentially, you have your protagonist, you have like a young man whose name is um, Atushi, and he's an orphan, of course, because how else is he going to be motivated if he has no family? Um, he's an orphan, he gets kicked out of his orphanage, he's homeless, and he's hungry, and he's basically prepared to die. That's how it opens up. Very dark stuff, classic anime bullshit. And then he sees, like, he's prepared to die, and then he sees someone um, upside down in the river. And he's like, well, let me not let this stupid ass die. So he jumps in to save him. He pulls the person out and the person's like, why did you save me? I was trying to commit suicide uh, through drowning. I wanted to see what that felt like. And the kid is like, uh, you're welcome. Like, I don't know what the fuck you expected me to do to just let your floating body pass by. And it turns out that this guy, his name is Desai. He is an agent for this special agency. It's called the Armed Detective agency. They're a special group of special folks who have special powers who help deal with cases that the regular police cannot deal with, right? Business as usual. He finds himself in a special group, kind of like a comic got killed. But in this scenario, like the kid is like really, you know, he's stressed out because he gets kicked out of his orphanage because apparently there was a tiger that was killing chickens and was ransacking things. Now, if you're smart, you're going to ask yourself, why would an orphanage kick out one child because of a rampaging tiger? That doesn't make any goddamn sense, okay? If, like, they told him they didn't have enough money and that he was never going to be shit, just, like, really garbage kind of behavior. And it's like, okay, well, getting rid of one kid is not going to eliminate the strain on your facility. Well, LOL, turns out he's the tiger. Apparently, he's a were-tiger. He turns into a tiger at nighttime. And I guess all the assholes at the orphanage, instead of telling him, were just like, get the fuck out. So they kicked him out. Uh, he ends up joining this detective agency. And essentially, he's learning to like navigate his powers. Give us some time, guys. First episode, a little weird. Second episode, a little weird. Third episode, someone's leg gets fucking like blowed off. Okay? That's when you get really invested. All right? So just wait until the leg comes off and you're going to be set. So, Bungo Stray Dogs... I think there's like 20, there are two seasons, and, and I think each season has like 24 episodes. So there's a ton of content. And I didn't look it up, but it might be coming back this year. So fingers crossed. But if it never comes back, that's fine. I'm still waiting on Seraph, the, Seraph of the End to come back. So Bungo Stray Dogs, like the fight scenes are very good. And I don't want to give too much away, but like you meet the protagonist and then you meet the antagonist and you're just like, holy shit, this is like some spy versus spy level shit. There is intrigue. There's a mafia, like niggas in the mafia got special powers. Like it's just, it's a lot of magical fighting, but it's like very believable. You know, there's smuggling and there's murders and like some guy blows up a police agency. Like the shit's hella spicy. You want to be watching it. So if you fuck with it, please let me know. And if you don't, shut up. Thank you. Oh, God. 
<laughs> usual service announcement from Showcase. Right, pretty much. <laughs> I feel like that was even gentler than my usual one, so you're welcome. It 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 was. It was. It normally was. you tell people exactly what orifice they can put their opinion in. Take the paper and put it in your mouth hey. and choke on it and <laughs> die. Like, I, okay. I actually didn't God even damn, say all of that right. other stuff. I just said put it in your mouth like a muffle, like a muzzle or something. You don't choke, you just can't speak. I think you want them to That choke, doesn't make though. it better. Right, like but I think you still want people no, to choke. No. If they choke they can't listen to the show, but if they stop talking they can still listen to the show. Ah. Cut off Shopee's mic. That's always <laughs> my answer. Just cut off cut off whatever Shopee is talking on. Oh my gosh. Well, that is it for this episode of Outlaw Bars, you lovely lovely people. Um if you have any questions comments cares or concerns you can hit us up on twitter at outlaw bars pod or you can email us and the email address is outlawbars at fanbros.com um this is a good time to remind all of you to send in your recs for outlaw views because we have just finished little witch academia so send us in some stuff um as i mentioned we went super cute this time so we are looking for darker recs yes Um, yes so there has to be something guys there's some there has to be something between endless nightmares and you know um i want to gouge my eyeballs out because everything is too cute so find something in the middle of those two please but if you suggest some cutesy shit like little watch little witch academia again you and i will be at odds person who makes this suggestion that was diva that i don't even think that was a listener thing that was a diva thing that actually came from one of my co-workers and i really should have listened to xd when he said say no to co-workers yes. yeah <laughs> wow co-workers. no never listen to your co-workers <laughs> um but as you know pendulums do swing so we did go cute so we just want to kind of go into more mature how's that yes um, themes and our next in our next um um session of outlaw views just a heads up that um, our next session of Outlaw Views was scheduled for the first weekend in October, which is um, October the 7th. But as some of you lovely outlaws may know, is that is um, the weekend of New York Comic Con. So unfortunately, we will be unavailable for Outlaw Views that weekend. So we will come back on October the 21st. So you have plenty of time to get in all of your recs. If we get in a good number of recs, we may even do a poll, you know, like a, a like a dark tournament of Outlaw Views um, suggestions if you if we get enough um, recommendations. And if not, we'll take what we get and we'll draw them out of a hat like we always do. So that's about it. If you want to chat with me about um, anything, I'm not going to try to choke you with your own suggestions. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Deadly Diva. And ladies, let the lovely people know where they can find you. Uh, this is Chopin. I caught that shade. But life is full of uncertainty, so I can't make you any promises. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Simply Chopin. Hey, all. I probably will not tell you to go choke on a recommendation, but I might tell you to suck your mother. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Bruhabantan. Alrighty, and that is all she wrote for this evening. Bye. Bye. Ciao.